Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. I'm Tanya Hart. On today's show, we have got legendary radio DJ Paul Porter. He's written a new book. It's called Blackout, My 40 Years in the Music Business. This is Hollywood Live Extra. We're with our guest, longtime uh, radio DJ Paul Porter. I've got to tell you, Paul has written a tell-all book about the industry. It's titled Blackout. My 40 years in the music business. Paul, welcome. Hey, greetings, <laughs> I'm glad to be here, Tanya. Well, I am so time. glad you can join us. And before we really get into it, I want to share with our listeners a little bit of what you say on the back cover of your book. I'm just going to read. This is from Paul. Since 1976, when the busing riots in Boston sent me scrambling into the radio station at WRBB at North Eastern University. The music business has been my life. Radio introduced me to women. Radio introduced me to cocaine. Radio introduced me to some of my best friends, and then radio killed some of them, too. Blackout is a ride through my whirlwind of media jobs working for and with some of the music industry's most colorful and well-known and scandalous players. Blackout is an explosive book and look at the corruption that is running rampant in the industry. And Blackout is an inside account of how corporations erased black identity from black radio and mainstream black music and why I chose to fight back. Well, that's pretty powerful, Paul. Well, I mean, it's a long time. I get to be powerful sometimes, <laughs> but I also get to be weak at times. So, yeah, you know, that, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to tell the real story. Because most books about the music industry are always from some star point of view, and I've had great times and I've had bad times. Uh, like you know, I talk about snorting Peru in the eighties. Yeah, but, I mean, there yeah. was certainly a lot of it around. Um, yeah. I fortunately just couldn't do that, but. You know, I saw and knew a lot of people. I know, who did. but that's why you turn your heart. <laughs> you know, you you haven't been out of work like I have, and you know, one day I'm programming BET in sixty six million homes. Yeah. Eight weeks later, I'm homeless. You know. Well, and that's what I want to get into. I want to okay. talk about those those times. But you know, one of the things that when you really had this kind of epiphany was when this whole issue with rap music and how it was contributing to our society. Some people thought it was good, some people thought it was bad. Of course, I'm talking way back in the day of C. Dolores Tucker, who's no longer with us, and all these people who stood up against rap. But as a DJ, that just wasn't, that's not what you did if you wanted to keep your job, and you chose to do that. What happened? Well, I, I mean, it, it was a long time. I mean, hip-hop was fun, and rap music was fun for a long time. And over the years... Sort of got desensitized, and I always say we went from lyricist to the lyrically challenged. And I kept hearing lyrics that meant less, less fun, less balance, more hate, more sex, more violence. And you know, I was working back in New York after I left DC, volunteering at a school, working at Kiss and Hot ninety seven in New York, the two top stations in New York City. And I was volunteering, and there was a young girl, her name's Latia, and she came up to me with a note and said, Mr. Paul, can you get this record off the radio? And, you know, it was funny because when I heard the record all the time at work, it was raw digging. The chorus was, got to beat that bitch with the bat. Mm. Got to beat that. 
anyway, that was the chorus of the song. And Latia said her mother got beat up by her father, and she was in Roosevelt Hospital, and he beat her up with a bat. And because and he kid, was listening to yeah. the song, correct? Well, well, I don't know if it was that, but the kids took it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when a 12-year-old checks you... It, it was like I had an epiphany right there. Right. And, you know, it, it changed my, my, my thinking a lot. Because, you know, sometimes you just want to be cool and go along with the ride. And I, well, I decided and, to see what I could do. And you did. And as a result of it, when you backed the station up against the wall and then went above, I believe it was the program director at that time, to try to get that song taken off, tell us a little bit about what happened then. Yeah, well, you know, I went to uh, Tracy Clardy, who was the, you know, head of programming, and she sort of laughed at me. And I went to Barry Mayo, who was the general manager. And he he said, "Hey man, you got to make a choice. What are you going to do?" So I I decided to email Jeff Smolian, who was the CEO of MS Broadcasting. He didn't know me from Adam, but he knew I was sending it from one of his New York stations. And to my surprise, you know, I, I sent a letter and said some of the content and some of these records. He answered the email back in fifteen minutes, mm. and he said, "No way, we play these type of records." So the next day I get to work, and there was a note from Tracy Clardy, the PD, blah, 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 these records are pulled off the air. Thank Paul Porter for this. And I was basically labeled as a whistleblower, and all the jocks would come, Funk Master Flex, like, yo, homie, why, what? You know, some people agree with me, but they also were quiet. Right. And I almost got in a fight with Envy, and, you know, I'm like, Oh, this because I'm sensitive. Like, we used to edit records out or day part records after 10 p.m. that had certain content. Right. And that, you know, that stopped happening. Well, as a result of what you did, though, and I have to give you credit, it really did change the way. I mean, that was when they start putting advisory uh, warnings actually on the rap labels. It was around the same time. And I know you had something to do with it, but I know that you also really suffered as a result of that. And, and oh, the, yeah, no, and, and that the, was it for me in radio. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, once you get labeled like that, but somehow you kept going, you went into TV, and I know you call out Donnie Simpson, you call out Kathy Hughes, and a whole bunch of other people, and we're going to talk about that right now. I uh, just want our listeners to know that you are listening to Hollywood Live with Tanya Hart Extra. And our guest today is Paul Porter, who is a longtime radio industry guy, and now he is an author. He has a new book out. It's called Blackout, My 40 Years in the Music Business. Paul, when we were um, first starting out, you talked about how you had actually been homeless at one point. Uh you know what happened? You know you're, you're making all this money. You're a, a really popular DJ back when DJs were really when they mattered on radio. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it introduced you to a whole new world because you were rolling with Donnie Simpson and all the folks. You oh, know yeah. the BET days had a lot of money. But then what happened? Uh, well, well, you know, working for NBC in the '80s was like nothing better. You know, I know I worked uh, for them uh, in the eighties. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, six weeks vacation, board ops, 
But I had a television show, you know, 24 years old in Washington, D.C., making 150000 You're doing well. And, you know, when it came to an end, I thought I was going to be at this station forever. And, yeah. you know, it got sold. And uh, I started, you know, got a great severance check. And then I decided to uh, take a job and work with Kathy Hughes. Mm-hmm. And things changed. Kathy Hughes, for her little FM station, you know, I went from 150000 to making 18000 with bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so your lifestyle takes a quick adjustment. And, uh, you know, but, but my body and my lifestyle didn't change with her salary. I just worked harder and took her station from uh, number zero in the market, number 29 in the market, to number four in nine months. Right. But that also got me fired. I was going to say what happened, because I I read in the book that you and Kathy fell out, and at one point you didn't consider her trustworthy, and I, I, you know. Well, I I had a bonus plan worked out with her, and uh, my old boss, you you remember Sonny Joe White said, you know, for every tenth of a point, uh, that's what a tenth of a share is worth a hundred thousand in advertising. So out of every tenth, we had a zero share. I got a fifteen hundred dollar bonus, and she agreed. That's not bad if you make you know ninety eight five, ninety eight thousand dollars five hundred dollars, and I make fifteen. That's pretty good. Yeah. But she didn't know we would go from. A zero to four point six in nine months. So she was more mad. And I'm thinking of the upside, like her station went from making <laughs> two hundred thousand a year to four point six. Wow! So she took it out on me, four point six million. Wow! But she never paid anybody that much money. And once she had to pay my first bonus, which was like sixteen thousand dollars, boy, we started fighting. <laughs> Good you know, Lord. she she was like, "You're not worth." It. And, okay. Well, you know, and, and later Kathy Hughes hired me back, so I have to do, give her credit later right, on. Right, I afterwards. was going to say, and Kathy has done quite well for herself. You know, um, fortunately, we all have. She has taken that little radio station and parlayed it into TV One, <laughs> among yeah. other things. Okay. Yeah. Among good for her, but you know, let's go back to the whole idea of when you were homeless, and 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 you know, this business does breed. We hear about so many people on drugs, and I think what people don't understand is sometimes, and I'm not being an advocate of, of hard drugs, but sometimes you got to do something to even stay awake. Oh, look, when I got fired from Kathy Hughes Station, imagine in nine months you take a little radio station in the trail on 8th Street from number 29 to number 4 in the market, probably the most competitive market in America with four urban FMs. I go away for Christmas with my girl and to Paris, and instead of taking a long vacation, I took a six-day vacation. I come back. I get in my car at Dallas Airport. I call the jock Bob Thomas on the air, and he says, hey, man, they fired you. And I was in shock. I was on vacation. I said, fired. Well, you know, they always do that, you know, when you're on vacation. I know. I know. But, (laughs) you know, but, but... they always don't fire you when you take a station from nothing to That's true. top That's four. You know, normally 
I was thinking I was going to get a big contract, but it didn't work out that way. And after that, I was depressed. I was hurt because I built that station from the ground up. Mm. And uh, that's when I started going on my uh, Alexa Hente. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, binging in my apartment for, uh, no, in my house, matter of fact. Yeah, binging in my house in Silver Spring for a couple of months. Yeah. Because it hurt. Yeah, Yeah, no, it it really does. I mean, people, like I said, it's hard for folks to understand what it takes to to last in this business. Um, But you managed to do that, and now you're talking about it. And I have to ask you, though, if we look at music today and we look at radio today, one of the things that you talk about in the book is how black music and black radio almost really doesn't exist, and we know that to be true. Um, as certainly as we knew it back in the day. And I want to get into that uh, in just a few moments, but just letting everybody know that right now you're listening to Hollywood Live with Tanya Hart. It's extra. It's our podcast. And our guest today, of course, is the one and only Paul Porter. He has written a book. It's called Blackout, My 40 Years in the Music Business. And, you know, I love it, Paul, because you still have that voice, darling. (laughs) That great radio voice. Um, back to what we were about to talk about, the music industry itself. Where are we today? And, and we all know how hard it is in this business to keep sales going, and if you're a black-owned business, and that's for anything. But for the music industry, which, of course, has been a part of the American story, um, where are we today, and what should we be doing? I mean, it's, it's turned from local ownership to mom and pop's over the last 25 years after the 96 Telecom Act, a lot of big corporations. So you don't get the same sounds of music, and it's it's a corporate playlist. You know, back in the day, certain records would break out of the South. Uh, Motown was Detroit. Mm -hmm. Grunge music was Seattle. And now it's DJ Khaled. It happens all over the country on the same day the same amount of spins, and it's less variety, too. So, you know, back in the 80s, early 90s, the top record, top five record would spin, you know, 40 to 50 times in a seven-day period. Mm. Now it's 120 times. Wow. Up to 160 in some markets. So you hear a lot more repetition and a lot fewer artists. And, I was, you know, yeah, I was about to say, see, because most of that, I would imagine, is pop music, because there, there just aren't that many black stations anymore. Yeah, but black music is pop music, you know. Mm-hmm. This recently, hip-hop is the number one music format in the country. Yeah. If you look up and down the charts, you know, you'll see the Drakes and everybody else. So it's... You know, people want to label it as black music, but it's American music. It is American music. No, there's no question. We're clearly talking about American music and American culture and how we have more than contributed to to all of the above. Um, With your book, have you had any, like, slapbacks from folks like Kathy Hughes and Donnie Simpson and a few other folks? Because you really call some people out in the book. Well, you know, the difference is I admit my faults, too, and it's not to say that people don't get better. And I say nice things about Donnie because Donnie... No, you do. 
he, he does nice things for me throughout my life. But, you know, but Kathy Hughes still, 29 years later, she's still paying part-time as $10 an hour. The same thing in 1988 and 2017. Wow. So sometimes things don't change. Yeah. And, and people have to know, you know, when my son came to me and told me he wanted to go on the radio, I said, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, it's not the same deal anymore. Unless you're doing a morning show or some type of syndication, it's really hard to make a good living. Yeah, no, it is. And that's what I'm saying, even for, for music artists out there now. Yeah. Because there are no record deals as we know them. Yeah, uh, the and there's not the same money out there on any level. And the Internet, everybody thinks you're going to get famous off the Internet, and that's a one in a zillion chance. So folks have to really think of what they're doing. And I want you to write an honest story how the industry works. When I talk about payola, and I get to BET for the second time, and I get a FedEx, and it's twenty grand in my FedEx envelope welcoming me, me to programming. That's hard to turn down. Yes, it is, and but it's still illegal. Yeah, it is. But you know, we know that everybody—well, not everybody—but we know that people in the industry still do that because at the end of the day. That is still how you get That's the American way, John. the American way. Wow, Paul, we truly appreciate you and the contributions you have made uh, to you. American music and American radio over the years. Your book is called Blackout, My 40 Years in the Music Industry. I want to thank you so much. And I want to tell all the listeners out there, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart. You're listening to AURN.com. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.